Well, hey everyone, and welcome back. You're listening to episode 26 of the Lifestyle Entrepreneur Podcast, and I'm your host, Michelle Reese. Now, this episode is going to be a bit of a continuation from last week, but not so much so that if you didn't listen to last week's episode that you can't follow along this time. What I mean by continuation is it's going to continue to use the book Clockwork as something that's going to guide our conversations. Now, in the previous episode, we looked at the productivity trap and why identifying where you spend your time is critical to you being able to really make those adjustments that you need in your business so that you can enjoy more freedom and flexibility. More than that, though, it was about being able to get you um, in that right mindset to really start seeing how important systems are in your business. Now, let me talk a little bit about the book Clockwork. If you haven't had a chance to listen to episode 25, which I highly encourage you to do, um, Clockwork is written by a gentleman by the name of Mike Michalowicz, and he uses this book as a guide to be able to help entrepreneurs and small businesses, which are you, to be able to create a business that runs on its own. So whether it's something that you're striving for right now, or it's something that you're aiming for in the future, if you're operating a business or you're going to be one day, uh, you're going to want to get to a place where maybe you can step away from your business, either to go on holiday or simply just transition away from the business to uh, into being able to enjoy more of the fruits of your labor. Now, in order to do that, you have to really be able to have that assurance and that confidence that your business is going to be able to run without you physically being there. And so last week we looked at an assessment of where we spend our resources, that assessment of our time and energy. We talked about that in relation to what Mike calls the 4D mix, meaning identifying how much time we're spending doing, deciding, delegating, and designing in our businesses. Um, and so we had a look at that. We talked a little bit about what the ideal 4D mix is, um, where we're spending our time and how much of it we're actually spending. Now, in today's episode, we're going to jump a bit ahead and we're going to look at what Mike calls the QBR or the queen bee rule. And this direct, this, this idea of the queen bee rule directly relates to how we can protect and serve our brand promise. But before we start looking at a brand promise, let's just have a look at bees. Since Mike has used the queen bee rule as um, a method or framework to work from, let's kind of just understand what he's talking about. Now, the analogy around a queen bee rule looks at really how a colony of bees operates and how they survive and thrive. So if we take a colony of bees, the number one most important thing for that colony to be able to survive is it has to, first of all, have a number of, of jobs to be taken care of, right? Because each worker bee has their, her, their job. Um, they have to make sure that there's food. They have to find shelter. So keeping safe, all of these things are important. But the number one, uh, I guess, role or responsibility um, or activity that was identified that really, really hinged itself on the survival of the colony was the role that was served by the queen bee. And her role was simply to lay eggs because without her laying eggs, the colony would no longer cease to exist. 
So in this book, Clockwork, Mike talks about this queen bee role or the QBR role and how every company and every person in that company has something that is very much equivalent to that, something that you must do in order for your business to survive. So what does this have to do with brand promise? Well, the brand promise, if we look at the bee colony, the brand promise of a bee colony, as Mike puts it, is that they will continue to survive. That is sort of the promise that the colony um, has to each other. And the way they achieve that brand promise is to ensure that the queen bee is able to lay eggs. Now, in order to do that, Every single bee in the colony needs to know this. They need to understand this and they need to be able to protect this because if the queen bee dies, that colony is no longer going to be able to exist or they're going to have to go out and find another queen bee to replace her so that, you know, they can continue to, to lay eggs and continue to, to grow. So the question is this, do you have a brand promise in your business? And if you do, what are you doing to protect it? Now, I would argue that while many of us have maybe a general idea of what that brand promise is, not many people have really taken it to the extent that, that uh, the book Clockwork suggests in really being able to zero down the activities surrounding that promise and whose responsibility those activities are and which one belongs to you, which is the most important one that needs to be protected. What we're going to focus on today is on brand promise, and we're going to do that by talking about and looking at this analogy of, of a bee colony or looking at that queen bee role. Our brand promise is a statement or an understanding of what we do, so what our clients can expect from us. Now, maybe you're just starting out and you really don't have that defined yet. That's perfectly okay because your brand promise is not just what you currently do, but even more so what you want to be known for with businesses constantly evolving, industries changing things, you know, just a lot of movement happening. There's, there's a need for adaptation. And so it's not even just so much in what you're currently doing, what the expectation is. It's really where you want, what you want to be known for. In the clockwork program, Mike uses uh, a great example of FedEx, and he explains um, how FedEx and their brand promise really is to deliver packages on time. Like everything about FedEx is really hinged on this. I mean, their brand promise is literally when it absolutely positively has to be there overnight. That is their brand promise. So there's really very much a time value attached to what they do and an assurance that um, there's not going to be any delays and what they say is what they deliver. So that that's FedEx's brand promise. Now, if we look at FedEx and we start to analyze the company as a whole, and we start looking at all of the different pieces that make up that company, all the different departments and divisions and, 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 and roles that exist, they have a call center, they have a packaging department, they have their storage facility, their distribution department, their accounting department, HR, I mean, the list goes on. So all of these pieces are important. Every department in that company serves a role and needs to continue for the, for the company to be able to thrive. But there's one very important department and role that really um, feeds into protecting and ensuring that they can fulfill their brand promise. So I guess the best way to kind of look at this is taking a look at what that might be. So 
let's just say, for example, FedEx provided mediocre customer service at their call center. So you call in, you're going to, I don't know, place an order for, for a package pickup and, you know, customer service wasn't really friendly or maybe not as efficient as they, they, you would like them to be. Would it really dramatically impact their success? Maybe not, or maybe not right away. And here's why their brand promise has to do with delivery not customer service. Now, customer service is absolutely important. So I, I want to make that very clear. It's not about saying one is, is not important. Customer service is important. Efficiency is a point, uh, important. But as it stands in relation to their brand promise, which is really that time essence of when it absolutely positively has to be there overnight, there's that assurance and confidence that it's going to get there. Um, and so their brand promise has everything to do with delivery, which means their delivery and distribution department is what really matters. If that's not working to capacity, if their delivery times are delayed, if, uh, they're not being able to fulfill on their brand promise, they may not continue to, to survive the way we know them today. So if we're looking at this from the perspective of what Mike calls the queen bee role, the queen bee role of FedEx, then the one thing that absolutely needs to be protected in order for that company to survive and deliver its brand promise is the delivery and distribution. Their shipment division has to be top notch. I mean, there's just, there's no way of compromising that their modes of transportation need to be figured out. They need to have enough drivers, reliable vehicles, whatever falls under this shipping and distribution division of the company is really the key component to their business. Now FedEx knows this and not just the CEO, every single employee at the company knows what the queen bee role is and who serves it. And everybody collectively ensures that that is protected, meaning they will never go and pull one of their drivers off the road to go and answer calls because that would be taking away from serving the most important role with respect to their brand promise. What I want to look at today with you is really having you take this framework and apply it to your business. And you start by asking yourself, what am I known for? What is that thing that people expect of me? Or what do I want to be known for? Answering these questions are really going to lead you to into what you know your brand promise is if you don't already have one, which is really going to be able to then help you identify what is that one thing that has to keep happening in order for your business to keep going. Because if you can figure that out, then you're better able to identify what your key role is. And that one activity, no matter what, um, is what you need to be doing to keep your business going. So let's have a look at another example, um, just to help illustrate this point. And Mike uses this example in his book as well. And he takes that of a hospital, actually really more of an emergency room department. And so if we take a look at the ER of a hospital, that the goal of, of that ER is to treat people as quickly as possible, right? Because if you don't, and there's a backlog, then you're putting people at risk of danger, of death, of, of, um, you know, major illness. And so it's really important that the ER function lends itself to being able to treat people as quickly as possible. Now, when we look at who serves that role, the person responsible for treating people as quickly as possible is the ER doctor. Therefore, the ER doctor has the queen bee role. Now imagine for a moment 
that doctor was bogged down with paperwork. If we started imposing administrative things on the ER doctor that they had to fill out lengthy, you know, paperwork and record, you know, record everything that happened before they could see the next patient, how efficient would they be? How quickly would that ER suffer? So an ER really knows then that, that, that their doctor is the role that needs to be protected. Meaning that doctor has to be able to solely focus on the one thing that they do best in order to ensure that they're delivering on their brand promise, which is a necessity of being able to treat people as quickly as possible. And coincidentally, that ER doctor is much happier when they can focus on what they do best, right? And be able to treat people. And so that's kind of the relationship that I want to bring to your business. So what is it for your business? Now, to help get you started, I'm going to share with you a clockwork exercise, and it's a way for us to really reverse engineer the process so that we can help you move towards defining what your queen bee role is, what that QBR is for you. So here's what you're going to do. You're going to get out a bunch of sticky notes, and on these notes, you're going to list your top 10 things that you spend your time on in your business. So one thing per sticky note. So you should have 10 sticky notes and you're going to write down your top 10 things that you spend your time on in your business. And when you're done doing that, I want you to maybe just stick them on the wall or put them on a desk, lay them out on the floor so that you can see them. And then I want you to review them. And what I want you to do after you review them is take three of them away. So now imagine you cannot do three of those things or you, you can delegate three of those things. What three things would you take away so that you never have to do them again? What would be the three things that you would take away? So that's the first step. Then you're going to repeat that process two more times. And each time you're going to remove three more things. So what ends up happening is what you're left with is that one thing that you not only enjoy doing because you're being forced to choose. I mean, all of these 10 things that you spend your time on in your business are, are important. But when you start doing the process of elimination, you start forcing yourself to choose not only the things that you enjoy, but the things that you're good at. And it also forces you to start thinking about which one is most critical to your business. Which one do you need to continue to do in order to keep your business running? Now it's going to be harder as you start getting closer to the end, but what you should be left with then is the one role or task that you want and need to do. That is your queen bee role. Now what happens, um, to the ones that you end up removing? As I said, they're all important. There's not going to, it's not a matter of saying, we're just not going to do this anymore. FedEx could, couldn't just say, we're not going to start answering the calls anymore. The ER department is not going to say, we're not going to register people anymore. All of these things are important, but what happens is, um, you're going to now start getting a better picture of what things belong to you what things still need to be done and who's, who else is going to be doing them? How else can they, they continue to happen? Um, and so we're going to have a look at, um, those nine things that you've taken away. And as you start looking at those nine things, so once you've identified your one, you're going to hold that the remaining nine things that you took away, do any of them stick out, um, to you as roadblocks? Meaning do any of these things present obstacles uh, to you completing your queen bee role. Now, if you're a visual person as I am, 
I, I need to actually visually see this. So placing it, like I said, on a wall or on a floor, someplace where you can really get a high level view because looking at it in this way is really going to give you a chance to see all the different pieces of your business, all the working pieces. Um, imagine that, you know, the, the mechanism of a clock, right? You've got all of these, these dials and wheels and, and, and all these moving parts. So you're going to be able to see that at a higher level while still now staying focused on identifying what your queen bee role is. Now, once you've laid them out, you might uh, also be better able to identify what are those things that you should be delegating. And when you do that, you can start to see connections between tasks or connections uh, between the roles that are really directly linked to protecting your queen bee role. So you're almost creating not so much a hierarchy because your queen bee role is right in the center, but as you move away from the center, the things that are closest to the center are most important to be able to protect the queen bee role. And as you move further apart, they're important tasks, but they may not lend itself so much to the protection of that role. So I hope that that kind of makes sense for you. Now, depending on what you're doing while you were listening to this, um, it may have, have been a little hard for you to follow. So I am going to leave these instructions um, for you in my show notes. And I'm going to leave a link to Mike McCallowick's clockwork website. Um, what we touched upon in episode 25 and in this episode here is really just the beginning stages of his framework that he set out to run a business like clockwork. So if you're geared up, no pun intended, or maybe there was to be able to fully embrace this clockwork system, then you can head on over to www.michellereci.com forward slash episode 26. Um, but don't go anywhere yet because we're not done, but uh, you know, we're not going to be diving into this book chapter by chapter. I'm kind of extracting two of the most important things I believe for anybody to get started on, no matter where you're at in your business. Um, and so that the first one we addressed was in episode 25, which was looking at that productivity trap and looking at your 4d mix. Um, and th uh, this week's episode, we're really looking at protecting and serving your brand promise. And more important to that, identifying what is that queen bee role that's going to help you to serve your brand promise. So for those of you who are going to be, so we've got all that done. So we've, we've kind of laid the framework for if you've been driving or working out or whatever, I've got uh, a link in my show notes um, where you can follow this procedure. I'll lay out, lay out the, the instructions for going through that, that sticky note exercise for you to help you sort of reverse engineer to figure out what your queen bee role is. And then those of you who really want to embrace a clockwork system, I'm going to leave the link for you to access the book so that you have a, you know exactly what book you're looking at. And I'm going to leave you the link to Mike's website because he's got a lot of resources on there. Some of which we've already touched upon over the last two episodes. Now, if you are going to be working on your queen bee role, so let's just say some of you might just have listened to this thought, okay, good to know. I'm going to tuck it away and move on with my day. And that's perfectly great. But if, if you're listening to this, if you're ready to start identifying what your queen bee role is, and you'd like to do that, um, through discussion or get some feedback on that, then I invite you to join me in my exclusive Facebook group. I'm going to be going live after this episode airs and depending on when you're listening to this, it may not really factor into you, but either way, within 24 hours, I'm going to be going live, um, once this episode airs. And so for those of you that are already in the group, I'll let you know the exact date. I'll make that announcement for you so that you can tune in and share your ideas. But 
you know, there's an invitation for those of you maybe who haven't joined the group yet to head on over and join me there so that we, you can ask questions so that you can get feedback and maybe hear what other people are sharing about their queen bee role. The Facebook group is, is really a great way for us to be able to further our discussions and look at how it relates to your business. It's a chance for you, like I said, to be able to ask questions, to get support from your fellow members. Sometimes I find any ways that when I'm just too close to something, it's really hard for me to be able to see. So being able to get feedback from other people is really valuable for me. So if you find that's going to be valuable for you, Um, then I invite you to head on over to the Facebook group and join me. I will, like I said, leave a link in my show notes, which can be found at uh, michellereci.com forward slash episode 26, or you can head right on over to Facebook right now. If you've got your phone or computer, you can search for the group L E podcast, meaning lifestyle entrepreneur podcast. The URL for that is facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash L E podcast, or you should be able to search 2020 vision for lifestyle entrepreneurs. Okay. So we've got all of that figured out now. And, uh, we've taken a look at the the Facebook group, the, um, queen bee role, um, your brand promise, how it's important to protect that. And really, I think where I want to summarize that then for you guys today is, Um, really looking at your brand promise and how that really sets the expectation for what your clients can expect to receive from you and your business. So regardless of whether your brand promise is time related, like it is um, in FedEx, meaning it's maybe the quickest service, or maybe your brand promise is money related, meaning it's the most efficient price, best price, Um, whatever it is, in order for you to be able to fulfill your brand promise, you need to understand what it is that you're currently doing or the things that you need to do so that you can deliver on that promise. And that's where the queen bee role comes in. That's why it's so important to identify what that is, which is why I wanted to bring that forward to you guys today. So if you're ready to get started on working on that exercise of really identifying those top 10 things that you do in your business and reverse engineering back to that one queen bee rule, that one queen bee activity that you need to maintain in your business and protect, then if you're ready to do that, head on over to uh, this episode's website for the written instructions, and then head on over to the Facebook group where we can start to dive in. Again, for those of you who are driving, the show notes um, URL is michellereci.com forward slash episode 26. Well, that's all I have for you guys today. Thank you so much for tuning in. Now, if you've enjoyed this podcast, I would love if you left me a review. So head on over to iTunes, subscribe to the show and send me your feedback. Thank you guys so much for joining me today. I look forward to chatting with you guys again soon. Bye for now.